This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to go subscribe, go rate us, go review us, go follow us wherever you find your podcast, as well as check out 24-7 Sports for all the content and all the recruiting news that is coming up as we head into what's going to be a pretty busy late spring and early summer as recruits start making their way over to campuses and checking out schools. So you want to obviously be in the know and know what's happening with your favorite program. Make sure you lock in a VIP subscription to your favorite team site. We We've got national recruiting editor Brandon Huffman on the line to discuss some of the some of the big topics that have been happening in, in recent days. Brandon, how are we doing? Doing all right, Blair. We got some baseball on the television almost all day. I mean, it's it's spring. We still have high school football games being played, which is not spring. It's kind of the best collection of everything. That first week of baseball where there are a lot of home openers, which means there are a lot of day games throughout the day. I mean, we had the March Madness, got golf coming up. There's not a better time to be stuck at home right during a pandemic than uh, when baseball's back and you get to watch some games at one, you know, 1 p.m. at least uh, Pacific. And then they stretch out over to to bed, bedtime pretty much. I mean, I'm watching, I have games on every TV in the house, which is, which is fantastic. But we're not here to discuss baseball. This is a college football recruiting podcast. And as we storm into the spring and, and head into the summer and recruits start maybe kind of mapping out what their recruitment process is going to look like ahead of their commitments and their decisions. We are seeing a lot of official visits being scheduled and a lot of top lists being named. There's there's recruits that are putting out the list of top contenders. One player in particular who has a lot of heavy hitters after his signature is Zion Branch. He's a four-star safety from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. He has official visits set to Ohio State for that first weekend in June. He will then, in a couple weeks after that, head over to USC, which right now is the current favorite on the crystal ball. And then a week later, will be at Oregon for his official visit to see the Ducks for the first time. So he's just one example of, of what a lot of recruits are doing right now. And it's a very interesting dynamic because as things stand now, Brandon, the recruiting debt period has not yet been lifted. And, and you know, I think the anticipation is there and the expectation is there, but it has not officially been lifted. You know, it's a bold strategy, but it's one that I kind of think are seeing college programs essentially saying enough is enough. You know, it's one thing that on the heels of the initial shutdown of the country last March, it made sense to 
extend the dead period pretty quickly and to keep extending it. But we are now 13 months since. Most college coaches haven't even been off campus to recruit since January of 2021, or I guess no, 2020. They haven't had camps. They haven't been able to go visit, do in-homes, go evaluate. And with the NCAA continuing to push back the dead period, I think college coaches are just saying enough is enough. And I think there was one or two schools that essentially said, we're going to start setting official visits. And without anybody else really asking, well, can we do that? Other schools started to set official visits to the point now where it, essentially the coaches and the program saying, hey, we're not canceling anything else. So you better end the dead period, make it a quiet period for all we care. But we are getting recruits on campus. We want camps on campus. And, you know, the NCAA, knowing them, they could always just say, well, we're doing it our way. But I like the kind of aggressiveness from the college programs, basically telling the NCAA, you've dragged this thing out long enough. Let us decide if we want guys coming to campus or not. We need to be able to evaluate. We need to be able to see these guys in person. We need to be able to get these guys onto our campus. Otherwise, the transfer portal is going to be an even bigger problem down the line. One thing that I haven't heard a lot of people discussing or, or talking about is the attendance figures during March Madness uh, and the NCAA tournament, Indianapolis, and, and obviously the NCAA being so prominent there in that city and, 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 and with that tournament. And to have fans in the stands and obviously in, in social socially distanced manner and to have kind of a restriction on attendance as well obviously speaks to uh, the level of, 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 of caution. But I I do feel like if we're allowing fans in the stands for some of these March Madness games and for the championships and, and they have uh, large gatherings, I feel like I, I think the question there from college football teams and coaches is wh- why can't we have a couple families on campus for an official visit so we can get a good understanding of recruits and, and, and where they stand and how they look and, and whether or not we, we want them on this team? It's one of those cases where recruits are finding a way to get to campus. They're there, whether they're going on their own dime, whether they're going on their own time, recruits are still finding a way to get to campus. So even in that approach, it's not necessarily working out like the NCAA thought. They thought that if we close down campuses or we close down recruiting, nobody's going to go visit. But it then becomes a case of the haves and the have-nots. The kids that can afford to go to campus, they're the ones that are able to visit schools. The ones that can't afford it, they're kind of on their own. Well, I think this is one way of the schools essentially combating that and saying, listen, let us dictate who comes to campus. And I think, you know, and we could talk about this more later, but I think colleges kind of like the ability to limit how many guys actually come to campus. You, you and I both know that there's a lot of unofficial visits that happen across the country in a normal recruiting cycle where maybe it's a seven on seven team or it's a program and there's a hundred guys that are coming on an unofficial visit and college coaches will never say publicly, we don't want those many guys because you don't want to offend a, a program or a coach by telling, hey, we don't want all 100 of you. We only want these four. The problem that these coaches run into is that it's the 95 that they're not going to recruit that take up all their time and the five they really want to recruit, they never get that one-on-one time with. So now they're essentially going to say, hey, we get to have guys come to campus, but we're going to limit how many come at what time. And then they get to really put their time and energy into the guys that they really want. But it also, you know, there's going to be the need to get those guys on campus because they're already going to campus. So why not allow those kids the opportunity to see the facilities, to see the football field, to see the locker rooms? Why not allow somebody to unlock a couple doors that 
have ridiculously been locked when 40,000 people, I mean, and that's, again, it goes back to the case of the has and the have nots, but now it's at a college standpoint. How many times do we talk to players in the fall that took unofficial visits and went to games at open stadiums where there are 40,000? Meanwhile, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are essentially playing before in front of no one. You know, it's it wasn't even an even playing field. This at least evens it up a little bit. The other thing that we've been hearing, and, and there's been some whispers now for a few weeks, is that the NCAA could allow for a, a select amount of prospects to be able to go on campus for, for camps and for some of these schools to be able to invite a select number of players to go and, and participate and compete and, and go through drills. And, you know, this would be essentially their a chance or their opportunity for their first look at some of these players for the first time. And I guess at that point, it would be 16, 17 months. So that's another dimension of this whole, I want to say stalemate, but I don't know if it's truly a stalemate, but I do feel like the ability for prospects, not only to go on campus and meet staffs and, and, and all that, that's all great. But the thing that's, that's also been hurting is the evaluation process. We've had football now in the state of California for about a month. And I know coaches, unless they have a family member on a team, haven't been able to attend some of these games to see players in person. So so if we're going to open up campuses and we're going to have camps, I think it could potentially add another layer and, and another big kind of component heading into the, the fall. And really, that's what it's becoming. It's to the point now where coaches, I mean, even if it's not for a camp, it's just these coaches want to be able to see these guys. I mean, we, we kind of saw, for lack of a better term, kind of a bootleg approach a year ago with guys hosting their own pro days, their own combine, where they were weighing themselves, measuring themselves, sending in that video to these coaches so that they can get a look at them. But it, there's still something to be said about getting that opportunity as a coach to watch them move around, to see them get out and, and compete, to see them run, to see them bend, to see them backpedal, whatever it may be. And I think that that's really what coaches are, are worried about because if you look at the 2021 class so many of those guys had already been seen in january you know with, with the early signing period when coaches hit the road now in january and even in december to an extent they're not so much worrying about let's try to put the finishing touches on a recruiting class it's let's get a head start on next year so schools that did their heavy lifting in december they were using january to really get out and see the 2021 guys but the 2022 guys those guys were sophomore now they're juniors but there's been more physical development on their part than their probably was in the 21 class. So guys that didn't have extensive film as a sophomore and maybe their junior season got delayed until the spring or it was a shortened junior season, there's such a limited context that now more than ever, coaches feel that need to see these guys in person, whether it's working out, whether it's just seeing them on the hoof, but they want that opportunity to see these guys rather than having to rely just kind of on word and mouth and what the two-inch LCD screen is telling them. Yeah, without a doubt. So the official visits continue to be set, but we're hoping for a little bit more clarity on when the dead period could be lifted. We're going to be back with more with Brandon Huffman. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's Masters Week, and that means CBS Sports HQ is your home for round-the-clock coverage from Augusta. That includes tournament picks, round-by-round matchups, highlights, leaderboard updates, and we even have our pal from the First Cut podcast, Kyle Porter, on-site providing up-to-the-minute updates so you'll know everything there is to know from Augusta. And if you're wondering what the CBS Sports HQ is, it's our 24-7, 365 days a year sports news network. How do you get it? It's easy. It's free. Just go to cbssports.com, the CBS Sports mobile app, or fire up the CBS Sports app on your connected TV and watch yourself become the most in-the-know sports fan on your group text. Brandon, I, I know you're a big fan of the, of the 19th hole. How's your golf game? My golf game is why I spend so much time at the 19th hole, because it drives me to spend more time at the 19th hole. It's not good. My daughter plays golf for her high school team. And I watch many of these varsity girls golfers and I'm like, man, they can out drive me. They can out putt me. They can out short game me. I'll meet you guys in the 19th hole when your match is done. That's kind of how I approach golf. You know, you've got some power to your game, though. I, I've seen you take a couple hacks. I'm not going to mention the institution or the or the location in, in Vegas, <laughs> uh, just because we don't have a sponsorship there yet. But I've seen you take some hacks. You've got some power. Hey, I can crush it. It's just you never know exactly where it's going to go. Is it going to go straight? Is it going to go to the hole to my left, the hole to my right, or into the backyard of whatever house is at the country club I somehow snuck on? Yeah, or, or it might end up behind you somewhere. That you know that, That's <laughs> happened as well. Brandon, I, I know we mentioned some of the official visits being locked up. You, you had a, a VIP update on 24-7 Sports regarding four-star offensive lineman Malik Agbo. He's from your neck of the woods and, and obviously one of the high-caliber, highly-coveted linemen in the region. What's the latest on Malik Agbo? Malik this week locked in official visits to LSU and Miami. He also has a visit that he's planning for Oklahoma in the month of June, but hasn't locked the date down on that one. However, he will be going to Miami the first weekend in June and then to LSU the second weekend in June. And that's a significant visit because with seven real power five offensive linemen in the state of Washington, kind of a rare thing to see in the Northwest. Malik Ogba has been the one that I felt the most confident is going to leave the Pac-12 footprint. And so to me, it's kind of an indictment, not an indictment, but it it kind of furthers my point that I feel like he is going to lead the region when three of his official visits that he's trying to lock in or has locked in are outside the Pac-12 footprint. But LSU has been one school. That's been the one constant since they offered him last summer. The the fact that they were the defending national champs when they offered him, he's got family down in Louisiana, and now LSU gets one of those scheduled visits. That bodes well for the Tigers. The one worry if you're an LSU fan is that it's still relatively early in the visit process for him. So he'll visit Miami first. He likely visits Oklahoma third. He will probably save some of those official visits for the fall. Will LSU be out of sight, out of mind by the time he takes the rest of his visits? That remains to be seen, but I think it just further cements my belief that LSU is in a good spot. He's trying to get there sooner rather than later. I think that's one underlying question that a lot of coaches are trying to 
make you figure out, right? Do we schedule an official visit now or do we wait until the season or do we wait until closer to the early signing period? There's a lot of jostling and and I think a lot of strategizing when that takes into account. You have to figure out who else is really in the mix, right? Like who are your competitors? Are we going to get a chance to maybe lure him back onto campus after he takes a visit to that other school? There's a lot of different variables there. You have to wonder when some of these schools are, are scheduling these prospects for campus visits because you don't know if you're ever going to get a chance to make another impression. And and that's why I think it's so key to get these visits done. I think that's something that it needs to be done. And you've got to have the opportunity to make the impression, whether it's, you know, you know, one thing we joke about this a lot, like in the fall, or especially in December, when in-home visits happen, you know, you, you see just the, the smiles on the faces of college coaches and other recruits that are signing. But more importantly, you really get to see these college coaches, especially the coaches that we know are kind of the bigger guys. Wow, he's towering over that guy. You get that opportunity to really get that face-to-face, that eyeball test that they haven't been able to do, that really is the impression that so many of these recruits really dwell on. While that their parents, that their coaches, that their trainers all, it's that in-person contact that you're making the first impression, you're making the lasting impression. And that's something that I think it's been was clearly missing in 2021. And I think schools are trying to prevent in 2022. But I also think that that's why those visits are so important getting them to come to campus, because now a place looks good on a virtual tour, a place looks good on a zoom call. But until you're on campus, until you're in that community, until you're in, you know, that school setting, is that really the fit for you? Is that really the place you want to be? Is that really the place you see yourself spending the next three to four to five years? And There's so many different first impressions that are made in person, whether it's on the official visit, whether it's on an unofficial visit, whether it's an in-home visit, but that's something that virtual tours and Zoom just cannot really measure. Speaking of of making impressions and you know passing the eyeball test, it wouldn't be a Brandon Huffman appearance on the twenty four seven Sports Football Recording Podcast without me asking you about five star defensive lineman J T Tui Molau, <laughs> who has yet to sign. He's still the number one player in the twenty twenty one class. We're in the month of April now, Brandon. What's the latest on J T Tui Molau? And I know you're going to meet up with him soon, and hopefully we have a full update on him. But where's your sense of of kind of where the situation lies with him hey with all these schools saying they're going to do official visits in june i think that's when we're going to see some movement on the jt front and by movement i mean he'll probably take some official visits in the month of june himself i still don't see a decision coming before then i know there'd been some speculation that maybe they would go on their own to visit Tuscaloosa and to visit Columbus so he could see Alabama and Ohio State, two schools his family have never been to. But I think as we're starting to see more and more momentum building towards the quiet period and the dead period concluding in June, I think JT and his family will wait until June. Now they may do back to back to back to back to back to back. I don't know if that's five or if that's six, but I can see them cranking a bunch out. He'll be playing basketball from the middle of May His football season has two more weeks left in it. We'll play basketball from May until the middle part of June. He graduates in the middle part of June. So there still isn't even an opportunity for him to enroll until the end of June. It could be one of those things where he takes a number of visits all in a short span and then ends up on a college campus a week or two later. But I still don't think this thing's wrapping up until at least June gets here. 
you know, I know he hasn't committed to a school, but I, I admire the level of commitment that he's approached this recruiting process with to, you know, kind of hang, hang, hang tight, right. And, and stay patient and, and really kind of stick to his values, which is I want to get a close look at these schools. And if the dead period continues, I'm going to stay firm on that. Right. And, and, and he's never felt that pressure to come off the board without gathering all the information. Um, I think it's pretty admirable. Right. And, and obviously he has a lot of leverage because he's the number one player in the 21 class. And, you know, he, he can do that. He has that pull and all these schools have held a, a spot open for him. But I, I do feel like there's a sense there where he has a level of maturity that you have to admire from, you know, a high school player. And that's one of the things that's kind of refreshing is that he's dictating the terms of his recruitment, not college coaches. Now, granted, when you're the number one player in the country, you get a little bit more leverage. But as we see more and more recruits taking hold of their own recruitment with the name, image, and likeness that's about to be signed in to affect in the NCAA, I anticipate we'll see more recruits kind of holding the terms of their recruitment to themselves rather than letting coaches dictate it. And hey, for so many years, the college coaches have had the leverage. I like when you see a recruit, A, not kid to the school saying, well, we need you to make a decision. Look, if you want me, you'll wait till my decision is ready to be made. You can't pressure everybody into making a decision, college coaches. So you've got to let them, when they've got the opportunity to leverage it, let them leverage it. And I think that JT and his family, they stayed true. They stayed loyal to their process. And I know we we sometimes mock the phrase, trust the process, but I think in this case, they not only trusted it, but they really managed it extremely well. At the end of the day, all the fans that are getting, saying that they're tired of hearing about it, that they're tired of they're over it. Look, if he announces for your school, you'll stop being tired of it. You will not be over it. You'll be giddy as all get out that he's coming to your school. But last I checked, it's on his terms, not yours, fans. JT Tuimuloao, his story continues to roll on. And for all the latest on that front and everything else out West, make sure you follow Brandon Huffman at Brandon Huffman on Twitter and check out all his content over at 24-7 Sports. He is the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports. And, and you might find him at a 19th hole somewhere as well. <laughs> All right, that is Brandon Huffman, and that'll do it for us this week. Remember to rate us, review us, and follow us wherever you find your podcasts and stay locked in at 24-7 Sports for all your college football recruiting news. Thank you so much. That'll do it for us this week. Make sure you check back later this month for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.